You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another week, another dominant win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Finally looking like they're back on track after a couple games where everyone wanted to claim that the Washington Commanders had a blueprint for how to beat this team. It's not looking like it. This team is beating beating other teams in every way possible. You think you can stop them in one way, they'll just attack you another different way. I'm Jess Taylor. Thanks for joining us this week for the BGN postgame instant reaction show. I'm here as always. Rachel's behind the glass. Shane Half is here with me. We actually have Johnny Page coming in again this week to break down another play with us. But just to kind of kick things off, Shane, I mean, I... Every time I see something on special teams happen and I get excited, I think of you immediately. Did they finally figure it out? Is it is it not going to cost us a game at some point? Did we avoid it? I mean, they did get a punt blocked in the end zone. They did. But even, <laughs> but even so, I mean, an extremely heads-up play by Aaron Sipos there. Like, I haven't seen a punt that athletic in a really long time. Can you imagine if he converted, if he got that for a first down? Like, can you even imagine? I thought... Like, imagine he sticks his foot in the ground and hits that inside cutback and picks up a first down. That'd be the most athletic punter play I've ever seen. Ever, 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 ever in all time. But listen, you, we were, we had said, you especially had said, and we had, we were waiting for the time when special teams was going to cost this team a game, possibly. And have we turned a corner on that? Obviously, we have to wait to see what Aaron Sipos' injury is. Jake Elliott did a fine job as a punter for for a couple for a little bit in there, and Britton Covey was fine. I was a little concerned about you know, the a different holder in there, just with the weather. Usually, like it would be okay. I would be like, all right, not great, but the weather did give me a little bit of pause going in. It seemed like you know just another another instance of the next man up mentality for this team. Yeah, yeah. Covey did a good job coming in and holding. And I mean, teams practice that. You you prepare for something like that a little bit too. But with the weather, that's always dicey. You certainly wouldn't want like a game-winning field goal to come with a backup holder and water, you know, something like that. But, uh, you know, hopefully Sapos will be fine and and come back. And uh, the return game has looked so much better over the last couple weeks. You know, you have Boston Scott, of course, it's the Giants, so maybe we just discount that. But you got Boston Scott ripping off kickoff returns. Britton Covey for the second week in a row has had some good punt returns. Uh, so that's all great. The, but the lack of a return game is never what was going to cost you a game. That The right. getting a punt blocked in the end zone, like it's against the Giants and you're exactly. up three scores, so it's not a big deal. But you just can't have that happen in the playoffs. So, you know, if we're going to nitpick things, which is all you can do after a 48-point outing, Special teams is still a little concerning just with the negative plays they generate at times. We've seen that from field goal units, punt units. So hopefully they smooth that out. But that's literally, well, that's one of only like two negatives you can take away from this whole game. 
All right, should we just get the negatives out of the way to start? What's the other negative? Kavon, What's your Kavon other? Kavon Wallace stinks. I think he's the only. Is he the only draft pick that Howie hasn't admitted defeat on yet? Yeah. Um, like he's the only one over the last since the Super Bowl that has been just a a a bad pick and has not had a defeat admitted on him yet. I mean, he did get bumped below a, a UDFA in the depth chart, so that's probably pretty close to admitting defeat. Um, Sure. Yeah, like that crossing route he gave up to Slayton was pretty bad. And uh, that comes, you know, Reed Blankenship's injury. I I don't know what it was, but you always are concerned with a non-contact injury, uh, especially on turf and in the rain and all those things. So uh, with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson out, with Reed Blankenship, uh, unknown status now. You know, you have the Bears Mm -hmm. coming up. They're not a big pass-heavy team. They don't have good receivers, but... You really want either Blankenship or Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back ASAP. Yeah, I think there's a better chance that you get CJGJ back before Dallas. I think it – because did they end up putting him on IR or no? Uh, I think – I can't remember. I'll Google it. I think they did. Okay. So – but I think even with that still, when they put him on – I don't know how how many games he's missed. Because it was in the Packers game he got hurt, correct? Um. I don't think he is on IR. He Okay. He he's he went out on the 27th during the Packers game and I don't think he is on IR. So presumably he could come back. We just don't know when. Right. Okay. So I yeah, and and you know, I, I it's always something especially with with MetLife that field. I feel like there's always I mean, that's one of the the spots where there're always injuries, right? Like there was I think two or three ACLs torn there. The year that Saquon tore his ACL, there were like two or three torn within a couple weeks span on that same field. So, you know, and, you know, we even looked at, I think it was a couple weeks ago, Lane Johnson, the the grass on the Eagles field essentially saved him having a, a really awful knee injury. Again, it, it's, there's no point in having it. It is what it is, whatever. So you, you hope that he's fine. Um, but again, you're, I think you're right. If you have to pick maybe two negatives, I think those are the only two you could pick out after today. Last week was a great game. They you know, were flawless everywhere except for all the penalties. That this week, perfectly cleaned up. He is on IR, what, by one? the way. Uh, he, okay. He's eligible to come back after the Cowboys game, so – Wow. I, I would expect uh, Jack or not, not Jack Driscoll. I don't know. I, Jack Driscoll playing safety would be something to behold. Um, that would be something. <laughs> <laughs> Josiah Scott is who I was trying to say. He cross trained at safety some in the off season. I would have to think if, if Reed Blankenship is going to be out, given the play they've gotten from Kavon Wallace now with Avante Maddox back, I would think you give Josiah Scott a look at safety this week. Uh, I, I would much rather him be back there than the alternatives at this point. Also, yeah, Anthony Harris got waived by the Dolphins a couple, or not the Dolphins, the Broncos a couple days ago. So the, he, there, there's a possibility you could bring somebody like him back, but we'll see. I wouldn't hate that either. I think, I, I don't think that, you're right. Going into the, going into the Bears game, that, you know, that is what it is. You're not, that's not going to lose you a game against the the Bears. The Bears are not a good enough football team for for that to be your demise. But, a team that has weapons like the Dallas Cowboys do, that's, you know, that's a bigger question mark for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Can we get into the positives now? Now that we have, hey, now that we've exhausted you, the, you, the negatives. You started this. You asked me about special teams as soon as we came on. I blame you. 
I wanted to get it out of the way. I wanted to get it out of the way. I wanted to handle it. And we're going to just be happy and positive now because there are so, so many good things to be excited about. So let's start with the couple different players that set different standards for themselves, records, things, that's the other thing. So three, first time in Eagles history, three players with 10 touchdowns or more. A.J. Brown, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, obviously. Uh, 1,000 yards for A.J. Brown. First receiver since Jeremy Macklin in 14. 1,000 yards for Miles Sanders. When was the last time the Philadelphia Eagles had a 1,000-yard rusher? Was it around the – it was LaShawn McCoy the around year, the same right? time. Yeah. Same year. And Hassan Reddick, 10 sacks, three straight seasons, three different teams. This team, they are, they are just checking all these – I saw, you know, all these things – before the game, right? There were, you know, AJ needed 50 yards. Miles needed, you know, however many yards. Hassan Reddick needed one sack. Blah, blah. They all accomplished it in like the first half. Yeah, the the my favorite thing, the Miles Sanders hit the thousand yards on that fake QB sneak pitch play too, which was just like, that was just a brilliant sequence. The Eagles have been QB sneaking all year. And then they come up and they like fake the QB sneak with Jalen Hurts running, but in a shot and shocking news, a Giants player had a phantom injury right before the snap because we see that week after week. And so the Eagles come back and you're like, all right, they're just going to sneak it. They burned their like little fake thing now. But nope, now they have a little pitch to Miles Sanders for a big gain on the outside. And that was just a beautiful play. I love that they're, they're putting some of those things on film for teams to have to think about now. Like you have to think about, are we really QB sneaking that they started rolling out like pistol last week? They we're in uh, pony packages, two running backs in the backfield several times. This week, they started to use the pistol a lot. It's things that they don't have on tape so far that they're starting to put on tape now for teams to think about as you push into the playoffs. So I, I love seeing the offense continuing to evolve and add new elements. I would agree. And, and I think you really see how they're not getting complacent in any way, shape or form. And especially in terms of, you know, they were beating teams like this early. They were in the season. They were going up big staying there, not having to worry about anything and just, you know, taking big leads and finishing out the game strong. Then there were a couple games in there, obviously the loss to the commanders, but then, you know, the, the couple subsequent games were they, they were sort of back and forth a little bit too close for comfort coming, coming out with the wins, obviously, but it, it was, there were concerns, right? It was, it was very concerning after the Colts game, how they, they barely squeaked that one out. Even the Texans, which was before, for the commanders, I believe was, you know, that one was a little hairy. We didn't love, we didn't love the way that, that looked. And then, you know, even against the Packers, it was too back and forth there. And obviously, you know, you can't ever count out Aaron Rodgers, even if the Packers are a terrible fo- football team, you know, overarchingly for the season, but you know, it, it wasn't comfortable and we like being comfortable, but it, it was, it was a little bit too close. The last couple weeks, they have gotten right back to sort of where they were to, to start the season. And you're right. They're, they're not just doing the same things. They're constantly evolving, constantly changing, constantly getting better. And they said it a bunch of times on the broadcast today. And it's, and it's true. You know, if you try to stop them one way, they're just going to beat you a different way. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what makes them such a good and such a complete team. You look at all these other teams that are in that upper echelon in the NFL, you think of like, the, the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Bills and they're so good throwing the ball and not that you know it's not that stopping Patrick Mahomes passing the ball is easy but if you could do it what do you have to go to they don't have a very good running game the Eagles have a top a top 
five passing attack and a top five rushing attack. They can literally attack you whatever you choose to give them. Like last year, the thing was we're going to keep Hertz in the pocket and make him beat us with his arm. Do it. Like he's going to, he's done it. it. It doesn't matter. You can, there's no element of the Eagles offense. You can try to isolate and say, we're going to make that beat us because we don't think it can. Like they, they can beat you anyway, which makes it really impossible for the Eagles to get a bad matchup defensively. Yeah. There, there are so many different things that they can do. And while we're, you know, on the topic of Jalen hurts doing everything and beating you every which way, um, we are, like I said before, we have Johnny Page here with us again. He's going to break down for us one of the many brilliant plays Jalen Hurts made today in his touchdown run in the third quarter, I want to say it was. We're going to talk about, I mean, again, just you think they're going to do one thing, try to beat them one way. They are going to beat you any way they decide to. When they decide how they're going to attack you and how they're going to win, that's what they do. Yeah, you'd think I'd know when the touchdown was. I think it was third quarter. Was it straight after? Was it straight after halftime? Was yeah, it the first it drive after halftime? It was the first to the second drive. It was in the third. There quarter. we go. It All would right. do. Um, right. This is like my favorite play ever. I'm gonna be watching this play so so many times this week. So, firstly, um, to give you a little picture before you look at it. So, the Eagles um, are running a three by one set with three wide receivers and Devontae Smith by himself, and they motion. I believe it's Sanders. Uh, to the left-hand side. So they basically create what's known as a quad set or a four-by-one set. Uh, we've seen the Eagles do this quite a lot using four-by-one sets this year. And they like playing from empty. Uh, and essentially, the Giants match it sort of how most teams will match it, where you have to move four defenders over to the four receiver sides. Ideally, you, you want to be plus one in coverage. So a lot of teams will actually make sure they're five over four, but the Giants are four over four. And they leave Devontae Smith in one-on-one -on -one coverage. So basically, in simple terms, the Giants are playing this as heavy against the run as they possibly can. They cannot have any box at all. It's physically impossible because they have to at least have four on four and one on one. So technically, this is a play when you'd sort of expect the Eagles to throw it. I actually think they could have thrown it to Miles Sanders on the swing and he might have been in. They got Devontae Smith one on one. Um, so this is a play where you probably think, right, they've got a good uh, passing matchup. Technically, the Giants are six over five in the box. Eagles have got five offensive linemen. Giants have got six in the box. I know that's a lot of maths. There's a lot of maths to this one. So they're six over five. So the Giants should have the advantage. The Eagles leave the edge defender unblocked. Now, think about that for a second. The Eagles are an empty. They haven't got a running back. They're not faking a handoff. They've literally just said Hurst is going to outrun him. Just leave him. They're basically running a QB run and just not blocking a guy which I've not really seen very often, actually, from anyone. Normally, you leave a guy unblocked because you have him sort of looking at the running back. The Eagles are just like, no, we're just going to leave him. So fair enough. So now they're five on five in the box. So all of a sudden, you think, right, now the Eagles can run it. One of the linebackers, I think 48 or 58, is just staring at Sanders. He's got no idea what's going on, bless him. He has got no clue what is happening. So then the Giants are left with four defenders. The Eagles have got five offensive linemen. I think Hertz is actually so fast, he actually actually beats Jordan Mylata. So Mylata doesn't even block anyone. So Hurst just walks into the end zone untouched because, of course, every single offensive lineman wins their block. Uh, Kels and Mylata are running like a sweet play. They both, well, Kels wins his block. Mylata doesn't actually have to do anything. I could genuinely beat Jordan Mylata on that play and we'd still score. I think that's the only time I'll ever say that. Um, so what ends up with the Giants being six over five in the box pre-snap, which they can never be any heavier there is no way they can ever have any extra men in the box in six over five. They end up actually only having four defenders basically involved in the play 
and the Eagles block all four. They have a Hurts is free. When you think about it, like pre-snap as a as the Giants defense coordinator, you must go mental because there is nothing you can do. There is no alignment. There is nothing at all you can do to stop that play. And it's going to be really interesting to see if the Eagles keep leaving unblocked uh, edge defenders with Hurts by himself because that's a whole new element to their run game with Hurts. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of maths in that one, so I apologise. Uh, but if you look at it, look at the unblocked edge defender, first of all, because you'll see what I mean. And they literally just completely leave him, and Hurts just outruns it. So if we look at it now. Four to choose from near side. Instead, Hurts takes off and gashes him. Touchdown, Philly. And it's Jalen Hurts on the ground. And I'm rubbish with numbers. It's Giants number five, um, Thibodeau. Or is it someone else? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they're leaving a, a higher first round pick, rookie, unblocked, and he literally can't catch up with her. So that play is just, it's just awesome. I, I, I don't know how, you can't, we've said before, Shane, that the idea that the Eagles offense can be found out. I mean, you can't, the only way you stop that is by winning your blocks and by, but that's really hard because the Eagles offensive line are incredible. And in that play, they literally had an unblocked blocker, which, is, yeah, it's just a great play. I love that play. Sorry, I'll shut up now about that play because I'll talk about it too much otherwise. So often in the first half, they, the Giants rushed five and the Eagles responded just blocking five. And every single offensive lineman wins their block. And it gave the Eagles one-on-one -on -one matchups all over the field. Like the Eagles offensive line is so good. And then, you know, if you lose a block, Hertz just runs anyways. And there was a couple times that happened. It's just so hard. The numbers just don't work to stop the Eagles offense that over the last three weeks we talked, they were kind of, you know, they were sluggish against the Colts, the commanders, the Texans over the last three weeks, the Eagles have averaged 43 points and 468 yards. That That's just insane, that's insane. output from the offense. That's, that's purely insane. Yeah, it is. Did any of you just watch today and have no stress at all? Like, yeah, at all. I think I fell asleep at one point. I think I actually closed, like I was tired and closed my eyes and like, it, it, like towards the, going into halftime, I was like, I think I'm just gonna, like the baby's supposed to wake up from her nap in like 15 minutes. I think I'm just also gonna just take one of these really quick and, and be fine and not worry about it. And oh, it's so nice to be able to just not stress yeah, that's for right. once in my life. You mentioned this, Shane. This was the empty game. Uh, this is what everyone will be talking about this week. This was the Eagles just kept going empty. I tweeted about it on the first drive. It was just so obvious. And the Giants obviously did not want Hurts to win with his legs. So they said, we're going to put five on five because that's how essentially you play one up in the box. And then the Eagles just went, okay, so that guarantees you're going to get uh, man coverage on the outside. Or at least you're going to get one on one. And then they just kept throwing it. So Devontae Smith, obviously, in the touchdown was single high man coverage. Um, they ran a lot of crossing routes in this game, a lot of sort of mesh concepts. It was just it, the Giants had no answers at all. If they did one thing, the Eagles did the other thing. It was it felt like it was like a in football over here. We obviously have different leagues, sorry, in soccer, as you call it. Uh, and it felt like a team in one league playing a team in another league when you just watch a game and say it's a friendly there's no there's nothing this team can do to win i haven't that game could be played a hundred times over with the same players on that field and i can't see a different result unless one of the eagles players just doesn't unless hurts has a bad game for whatever reason it was so so dominant it was very similar to last week if not we maybe even slightly better somehow yeah yeah and the defense was uh, i mean the only way that you could say it was better than last week. It was cleaner. 
They didn't have as many penalties. That was the only thing that was better than last week. And they somehow still were as dominant as they were last week. And, and you know, the, and the defense held up their end of the bargain too. I mean, there's not a lot that you look at from the Giants that you're scared of at this point. Obviously, Saquon can hurt you. Daniel Jones has played much, much, much better this season than he has in his previous seasons. Um, you know, he's not turning the ball over the way he used to. So he's and he's been fairly dominant as well with his legs. And the Eagles just, I mean, they 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 couldn't do anything. They couldn't get anything going. And the Eagles were hands down by far, no question, the the superior team in in at every position. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. One of my favorite things defensively is Brandon Graham getting three sacks. Uh, he's up to eight and a half sacks. Now, when he got the first one, I, I tweeted the clip and I said he's got six and a half sacks now. And I, I just would love for him to hit 10 sacks. He's never done it in his career. And then he got two more. So he's at eight and a half sacks now. So you guys can all join me on the Brandon Graham 10 sack uh, watch Gladly. over the next few weeks. He needs one and a half more sacks to set a career high. So, uh, and you just love to see it. Like they've managed him perfectly this year coming off the injury. They they've used him in a rotation. They've spelled him a lot and he's playing his best football right now. He's been so effective. 
Uh, Josh Sweat, I think, has five sacks in the last five games. Hassan Reddick has a sack in each of the last five games. Fletcher Cox is coming alive, you know, playing less snaps now, just kind of a pass rush guy. And if you get a team on third down where they have to pass, the quarterback just prays that he survives. And I don't know how that stacks up against, like, a playoff caliber offense. I don't know if you can put that fear into a Patrick Mahomes, a Joe Burrow, uh, but I, I really want to see. I can't wait to find out. Yeah, the Eagles' pass rush was there was. I think there was a, the fourth and eight. I think in the fourth quarter, where they hit Daniel Jones, and it was just ridiculous. There was like sweat. It, um, sweat was just flying. Reddit was flying. Cox was Cox was so much better. Um, I don't. I don't actually know because I, I struggled to follow it with too much going on today with red zone. Is whether Jordan Davis was actually. I saw him playing a few snaps, um, and I genuinely wonder if people are going to worry a lot about injury. And I've maybe been quite controversial at times. And I've said this like um, Linval Joseph might actually be slightly better right now uh, than him as the nose tackle. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're just sticking with what's working for now, and maybe they're going to wait for Jordan Davis to come back. But this is a Super Bowl team. We're not. We're not giving Cleveland snaps to develop them at this point. We obviously want him to play, but you play the best guy. Um, him and Sue have actually made a difference as well. That defensive line must be the deepest defensive line. There can't be many deep ever. I mean, as you said, Brandon Graham had a couple of plays again, and not just the sacks where he blew up a run earlier on. Uh, Sweat and Reddick are, are as good as edge rushers. I was trying to think of since, from an Eagles fan, how far do you have to go back to find a duo that good? Um, they're just so, so deep at the moment. But yeah, I just want, I wondered about Jordan Davis. I didn't read anything. I wonder if he's just playing less snaps, partly to get him healthier, but also because they're just playing so well. Yeah, I think he's probably playing less snaps being, you know, he hasn't played in a while. But also I, I think part of it is it doesn't hurt to have that many guys that you can rotate through on the interior defensive line. And when, you know, the tensions were at their highest with the frustration with Fletcher Cox's play so far this season, one of the things that, you know, we heard him say a little bit was I, I I'm so tired. I, I can't do anymore because I am exhausted by the end of, by, by, you know, by the third quarter, which again, like you're, 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 you're getting paid millions of dollars literally to, to do that, but that's neither here nor there, but either way, like, you know, if you are being double, triple teamed every single snap, you're going to be exhausted. So the fact that they have these enormous human beings that they're able to add in next to him and at least rotate through to keep everybody a little bit fresher. You saw immediately the, the, the adjustment that Fletcher Cox made. We literally just said Fletcher Cox has come alive as soon as they sign these other two guys to just get him a little bit more on, you know, a little bit more rest here and there. And it not only gave him a little more rest, helped wait for Jordan Davis to come back a little bit more. And it allows them to work Jordan Davis back in a little bit. And again, still keep these guys in a rotation to keep them all healthy because three of the four we just named are, you know, a little bit older. I think with Davis, there's probably, it's probably still residual injury things. Like he's playing a few snaps, but I can't imagine in a game that you win by 30, some almost 30 points that you wouldn't have him on the field. Some just for development purposes, like, if it's just that Linval Joseph is playing better, you would still want to get him snaps to keep Joseph fresh heading into playoffs. Cause Joseph's an older player and, you know, granted he started later in the season, but 
I think there's probably more to it than that. I, I think he's probably still kind of slowly coming back from that injury, but I didn't when, notice it um, much today. I'm not sure how many snaps he ended up playing. I'll be anxious. That's what I was going to say. I don't think he ever, when he came in, he seemed to always be playing next to Joseph, mm-hmm. not in replacement of Joseph. Um, people probably point me out if I'm wrong, but I didn't see him play as the nose tackle in a five-man front. I don't think at all. It's just something that I found quite interesting. Uh, off the top of my head as well, if I had to ask you two, what numbers did Javon Hargrave end up with today? Uh, he didn't have a sack. I don't think he had a tackle for loss either. Nope. Uh, Nothing. Did he have a tackle, point. period? Oh, but so, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm just looking at the stats now. It's like, oh, Javon Hargrave literally in the box got nothing and no one cares because they're that good up front. It, it really doesn't matter if Hargrave has a bad game. It just it made me laugh. That's such a good point, because he's had one of the best seasons of his career at this point. He's been, he was their best defensive tackle up until they signed, they brought on Linville Joseph and, and Ndamukong Sue to you know, pick up the, the extra slack there. That's hysterical. <laughs> but it's such a good point. Yeah, and I mean, and, and Avante Maddox back, and you really didn't hardly notice him either. So just which is a good thing a guy coming back from injury if you just don't notice him that's probably a positive in his first game back um i made a note to bring this up as well but i know you mentioned it at the start of the show shane but i'm pretty sure on the first or second drive when the giants threw um the deep post to bradbury and the ball sort of fell incomplete i'm pretty sure that was scott playing in dime and i think he actually rotated into the center field safety position I think okay. so. Obviously, we didn't see the all twenty-two, so I have to watch it back. But it looked to me like Scott was lined up like he was going to play inside corner, and then they rotated late to like cover three, and he was the single high safety. So if that's something they think Scott can do, then it might be worth before the playoffs, depending on how bad Blankenship's injury is, getting a little look at him playing some actual safety reps because. Yeah, we're not going to talk too much about Wallace. So it, it would just be nice to have another option. And Anthony Harris would also make sense um, if they decide to go that way. I think they said knee for Blankenship, didn't they? Which whenever you rule someone out immediately with a knee injury, it's... Especially when it was non-contact too. That's always... Obviously, was it non-contact or did he take like a helmet to the knee or something? Just like sort of in that that pile that was sort of moving. No, it was he was coming up to the pile and his foot kind of like slipped out and then he went down and grabbed it. Below I think they, I saw they said on the DJ broadcast Edwards. that it yep, was like perf. they were speculating ankle, but I was like, he grabbed his knee, and then later the Eagles said knee. So I was hoping for ankle. Yeah, I think TJ Edwards was down on one knee as well. It's hard to see from the camera angle, but it looked like he might have gone down on one knee and taken off his helmet, which is something yeah. when players sort of, I think players know when they're badly hurt, don't they? Um, I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I think there was a bit of an expectation from the players around him that that injury probably uh won't be good anyway yeah so actually while we're talking about the turf again i'm going to throw it over to rachel to come in and sort of talk about what's going on on twitter because i just clicked on the use three words to describe how you're feeling after the game tweet and the first one that came up has to do with the turf so we're going to see what other kinds of vibes are going on on twitter right now i was going to say that's the only negative i've seen today has been fire the turf <laughs> we want to fire Another somebody idea. every week. Right. We fire somebody on this podcast every week. 
<laughs> I guess they had to get creative with that one. Yeah. So that's the only fire anyone uh, tweet that I've seen so far. Everything else has been pretty positive. First round by Eagles looking good. That was nice. Complete victory. Stress-free game, which you guys already touched on. So no, I don't really see anything that's like negative, which is awesome. we're going to need the Eagles to start giving us some things to complain about before the three words start coming back with fire insert podcast host name here. We don't want that. <laughs> yeah, that's all we need. That's all we need. And something that I don't know why we haven't. I mean, we're 29 minutes into this episode and have yet to. So the Eagles clinched a playoff berth today. Also, just throw that out there as well. <laughs> half hour into talking about everything they're officially uh clinched their spot in the in the playoffs so go birds i didn't even realize i genuinely had no idea it's one seed or nothing for me now it's um right yeah that's that's all well, i'm looking kind of for crazy because you know usually you're it's it's you clinch the division it's like and that's when you clinch your playoff spot like it's pretty sick but the division for some reason is actually all above 500 right now and actually playing well which just makes me so angry but and the, the uh, they're even closer to the one seed after today because the Texans lost again to the Detroit Lions, correct? Yes. And the Cowboys. The Vikings, the, the Vikings lost to the Lions, yeah. What did I say? The Texans lost to the Lions. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, my brain was going faster than, than I was speaking. The Texans could not keep it together long enough to beat the Cowboys. It was so close. They scored with 40 seconds left. Yeah. So per 538. Uh, the Eagles have an 87% chance to win the division, which is equal to their chance uh, for the first round bye. So with the Vikings loss, basically the winner of the NFC East is almost guaranteed uh, to win or to get the one seed. And so the Eagles, honestly, they don't even have to win at Dallas on Christmas Eve. If they just take care of business in their other games, Chicago, New Orleans, and the Giants, they, they clinch the one seed. So the Eagles just need to win three of their four. Uh, obviously, if they win that, Giant or that Cowboys game that kind of counts twice, but uh, the Eagles just need to take care of business. Well. They do. Yeah, they have Cowboys the Titans, have got the Jags, Titans, and Washington, who are obviously not bad these days. And us, um, none of those games are easy. The easy one was today, and it didn't look very easy. So, um, yeah, I think Jags will cause some problems next week as well. Well, it's December. We know how the Cowboys play in December. I need them to win. No, I I appreciate what you're saying, Shane. However. If they lose on Christmas, they ruin my Christmas. So I would prefer them to not ruin my Christmas. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. I'm not saying I want them to lose on Christmas. Uh, but the, the Eagles have some breathing room. They're, they're in prime position now for the one seed. They are. Not that they've they ever not been, but it feels right. pretty good. Yeah. Every, everything feels pretty content at the moment. At, at 12 and 1, not a bad place to be. To sort of just wrap it up today one word or one short phrase that sort of sums up how you feel right now about the Eagles after this win, this point in the season, clinching a playoff spot, 12 and one. What are you, what, what do you feel? They're the best team. Anyone? They're the best team in the NFL. Hands down. Best team in the NFL. I think hers is MVP. So I, I, said, like <laughs> I said a few weeks ago uh, on Chalk Talk, my whole NFL podcast, that uh -huh. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP until, you know, just for the foreseeable future, he's always the MVP. And I've got to walk that back after like three weeks because it's just incredible what, what Hurts has done this year. And of course, the Chiefs losing last week hurts, pun not intended, but uh -huh. it works here. Uh -huh. uh, 
Uh-huh. I mean, Hertz is the MVP. There, there's no way around it. He's the MVP. The Eagles are the best team in the NFL. And we'll see what happens come play, comes playoffs time. You know, they've got a couple of easier games. The Christmas Eve game is going to be a playoff environment game. So, you know, you get that kind of a ramp up game and, and then you get ready and you go, you hopefully host three playoff games on your or two playoff games. What is it now? Two playoff games on your way to a Super Bowl. So let's make it happen. Yeah. He, it's blown my mind week in and week out how well he's played. Like, I I thought he was going to improve, and I thought he was going to shut a lot of people up in a lot of different areas, but I was nowhere prepared for how borderline perfect he's been. I think everyone's always looked at Josh Allen as, like, the freak QB development story. Um, But Josh Allen was, like, the eighth overall pick. Like, and if and certain people, if you ignore what draft Twitter said about him, he was actually very good in college. Like Hurst was benched in college and Hurst was around elite quarterback coaches. It's probably the most bizarre story. I think people who, who doubted him early on were not wrong. Like the tape is the tape. You can go back and watch it, especially his first and second year. There were quite a lot of plays when he didn't let it rip. He did bow from, from pockets early. I, I said this last week. I genuinely think he could play without any mobility now and he'd be a good quarterback. He, he looks like he's been playing for 15 years. Pre snap, he's unbelievable. We used to, how many times did you see people like freeze frame or pause clips with receivers streaking down the field in the old Chip Kelly days where quarterbacks just don't see, he doesn't miss anyone. Like very rarely do you see him look at someone where he should, he should throw the ball and he just doesn't throw it. I mean, today he had probably his two best throws, weren't even completions. The one to Sanders outside of structure which we didn't even see a replay of, but I'm guessing he didn't catch it up or, or he would have challenged. And then the one to Smith in the corner of the end zone. And both of those balls were just perfect. He's, he's got everything at the moment. It is, I'm someone who would be seen as a doubter, if you want to put it that way. Um, but he's been just ridiculously good. I think there needs to be a whole long series in the off-season. Someone needs to interview him and be like, what the hell did you do in the off-season? Like, what what has happened? Because he is so different. If you go back and watch his old, like, college tape, he, he doesn't even look like a similar player. He was not a pocket quarterback at all. It was so, so different. Um, it's bizarre. I mean, I don't really know. I don't even know if to credit the coaching staff or him or just everyone around him. Obviously, the players have helped, but it's not just AJ Brown. It's not just Dallas Goddard's really good. It's not just the protection. It's even when there's free rushes, he's just standing in there and delivering. It's he is a, a top top QB. I think even I, up until a few weeks ago, would have doubted like top five or no. I think he's up there at the moment. He is playing as good as anyone, um, which is incredible um, to think. You know what's crazy to me? Do you guys remember in the beginning of the season, I think this was before the season even started, that article came out and it was like the tiers, like ranking the quarterbacks in tiers. It might have been like the athletics article. And I remember at that time, everybody was talking about Jalen Hurts and how like they couldn't see him. I think it was like tier one. And it's just crazy. I'm just laughing now because so many people, sorry, Johnny Page, uh, were doubting him going into the season. But it's just like the the growth is just, I don't know. Like it's it's. Yeah. yeah. And Chris Sims, of, think know? about it. The, his his quarterback list that <laughs> came out was last year or this year. And there are 32 teams in the NFL. And Jalen Hurts was the 40th quarterback on that list. Yeah. It's sad, really. It's sad, really. It is. It is. Yeah. I, and yeah. you know what? That's a high note that I don't even want to come down from. I don't even want to come down from it. That <laughs> everybody, you're right. It's the 
one seater bust and this guy is playing at absolutely 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 an mvp level and there there's no team playing better football than the eagles right now so the eagles are 12 and 1 thank you for joining us for another episode of our instant reaction show we'll be at, be back next week i'll try to say that again uh we'll be back next week after the chicago bears game which hopefully the birds will be 13 and 1 hopefully it'll be a nice another relaxing Sunday for everybody. But until then, we will talk to you next week from myself, Johnny, Shane, Rachel. Thanks again for joining us and we'll talk to you next week. Go birds. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts.